0: OTB AM. I was really triggered. We don't want Johnny Sexton having any part of any Netflix curse ahead of the World Cup. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 730 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Derek McDamara from reactrugby.com is with us to uh, help preview the Six Nations. Derek, how are you?
1: Yeah, very good. Thanks very much. The uh, the birds are beginning to sing. The days are getting a little bit longer. Yeah. This must mean Six Nations time. So It's still
0: bright at five o'clock in the evening.
1: Yes. Yes. Just about. Just that, about. That's it. Now, <laughs> N-
0: not until next November will it be dark at five o'clock in the evening again. Uh, so, yeah. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Six Nations is upon us. Yeah. And uh, Warren Gatlin coming back is, is like a li- an interesting little wrinkle. Their best players being fit is a bigger wrinkle. And... Um, You've, you've been crunching the numbers yeah. to, to rank the teams.
1: Yeah, so I guess the, the the way looking at it is, in reality, there's so much going on in the games that it's very hard for us to kind of break down specifically what is right and what is wrong and happening in the game. So that's where we come in. And we come in to try and simplify the game and try and have it a little bit more digestible for clubs, teams, coaches, and fans at home. So, you know, we're trying to help the the, the, the general people at home understand why certain team is better than the other. So when we have, uh, basically, when we look at the kind of four major kind of skill sets in attack, we look at carrying, rucking, and passing. Um, and when we break them down and we look at everything pulled together, we can then rank and grade those those teams. So um, in this instance, we have, a, we have a slide here. So basically Ireland, as you'd imagine, was ranked number one overall, but ranked number two in carrying, ranked number three in rucking, and ranked number three in passing. And what that means is is basically we take, say, passing, we break it down into three sections. There's everybody else's passes, there's passes from hand, which is your 10, and passes from the ground. And say passes from the ground, we look at uh, the accuracy of the pass, discrepancy between passing left and right, distance, um, speed to breakdown, speed of pass, all of these things we pull together and we then you know rank them. And then we also take the opposition's, uh the level of opposition you're playing against. We all throw that into the system, and basically it gives us these grades, uh, zero to a hundred, um, allowing us to identify if a team's getting better or worse based on all of that information. So when we when we throw all that information together, we can see that Ireland are on top.
0: We have a lot of people who are, are listeners to this, yeah. not viewers. So just yeah. give us give us the
1: figures, will you? Yeah, yeah. So Ireland are ranked uh, overall grade of eighty eighty four point one, um, and our highest grade would be our rucking grade of a ninety point three. So that means that you know we're we're higher than. Um, you know, we, our, our accuracy, our decision making, our ability to get to the breakdown first, is ranked number three overall. But then, when we look at Wales, and Wales carrying is ranked fifth. So that means they're not running onto the ball as quickly, they're not um, breaking as many tackles, they're not getting over the game line as much. But their rucking is is ranked number one. So that's something that we can kind of keep an eye out for this week, which is are they are they maintaining that uh, level of uh, rucking Rooking. and are they improving based on their carrying and their rook and their passing so they're passing they're ranked 5th and they're carrying they ranked 5th so fifth.
0: this is useful for uh, the coaching tickets to go and look at this and go well if we maintain this and improve this we're going to see a quantum leap forward really quickly because this is the one thing one element of our game that's really chronically letting us down and if you're in a team meeting you're going lads yeah. all we got to do is fix this <laughs> and away we go
1: yeah <laughs> like they have an idea about it like these coaches have got to where they are because they have instincts and they're a really good people person and they're, you know, they've gone through the in the, the, the background and they've probably played at a high level. Sure. All these things together.
0: But if you're coming into a, a new, mm. if you're coming into the environment cold a little yeah. bit like Gatlin, I mean, obviously Gatlin has watched everything, but uh, what are the chronic things <coughs> that we need to fix urgently? Yeah. Um, stuff like this could be useful.
1: Exactly. hundred percent. And that's, that's fundamentally where it came from. I, I was a coach at a lower league level um, and, I wanted to understand why my team was getting better or worse, you know, and I had no physical way of doing that. Or So that's that's where this whole thing has come from, and that's exactly the reason why it's here, is so that we can now measure Wales throughout the, the Six Nations and measure them to see whether or not they've gotten better or worse based on the, the teams that they're playing against. But a bit of consistency in terms of attacking skills from Ireland there. Like when you look at the other teams, at least, you know, we're second in carrying,
0: third in rucking, and as you say, third in passing. Like some of the other teams, like Wales ranked top for
1: rucking, but they're not. Quite as high in the other in the other two disciplines, so yeah, yeah. at least you can look at it and say there's a bit of continuity there with Ireland's stats. Yeah, and that's that comes from the level of performance that they have at the you know there's they've, they've far more players that can play at international level Ireland, you know, and it's mm. that consistency as well. Obviously, the amount of Leinster players that they have in the team allows them to play at a consistent level, and also that the you know the, the coaching staff have done a great job. You know, you got to put your hands up and say you know the world number one at the moment you got to say you know that they've they've been able to be consistent and also the the thing that kind of if if you were to look at the, these these stats before we kind of or normalize them is what they're what it's called but basically before we look, take the the difference between the opposition once we apply the opposition Ireland played against the, the the best teams in the world over the last 6 months and yet they're still number 1 mm. so that's something that we you know we you know need to think of Adds context yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's great but again, the the one thing we we want to make sure and is is that we're gonna get injuries. You know what I mean. So and we're gonna. I know you want to get onto sex, and I'm sure. Well. <laughs> but like when when you look at the actual performance of the teams and you look at the way in which we play, there's less of a dependency on specific players to play the way we're playing. And that's that's what we're trying to do as well from an analytical perspective. Is is help teams understand that you don't you don't have to. You don't have to uh, depend okay. on one specific player, position, or skill set.
0: Or always pick what is perceived to be your strongest team, because other individuals can plug in if if enough of the individuals exactly. If you don't, if you don't make too many changes,
1: yeah, yeah and that's something that England really struggle with. You know, not not just the fact that they were picking, they weren't picking their best players. The, the consistency of those players were, was really, really poor. So, like, if, if we, can, we could, like, this is just a very high set yeah. of the data. But if we were to, you know, zoom into the data. You'll see that the performance of England is way up and down, which means that they didn't know what they're doing, you know, as a, as a team.
0: The one thing about the Welsh team is that they did have like a chronic series of injuries over the last eighteen months, mm-hmm. and uh, Cameron named his his Welsh team a little bit earlier on, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Suddenly everybody is back together at the same time for this weekend, and mm-hmm. it may be it may be that it's very easy for them to get a significant jump and improvement
1: in in quality. Uh, <sighs> I don't think Gatland is really going to really worry too much about this Six Nations. If i you know, I think he's probably looking at the World Cup as a way of using this to 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 bring his game plan back in. Because there was a difference between Gatland's, you know, ball and play, you know, a lot of lot of you know activity in the game, get to the breakdown quick enough, and and try and force uh, mistakes of your opposition. But then you had, um, Pivac, who was very much a kind of nearly finesse, you know, the ball in play was less, but the, the passes were longer, the, the you know, the distance of passes. So there's going to be a bit of transition between getting those players back. Even though it's been only a couple of years, a lot of those players may not have actually played under uh, Gatland before. So there's going to be a, 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 a short period of time where those players are figuring out what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, he, he he could go back to the tried and tested this mm-hmm. weekend. That's why the team selection is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why maybe this is PIVAC data and the Gatland data might be different.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. Of course it will be. But it's it, 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 we're talking about... <clears throat> You know, the coaches at this level are, are not trying to make huge amounts of changes. You know, the more amount of changes you make, the harder it is for 15 lads to do what it is they're supposed to do at every one time. So it's quite subtle. You know, you look at Apollo Connell when he came into the Irish setup. He's like, we're not trying to change what they're doing. We're just trying to improve. But they're actually very, very good at.
0: Yeah, also and that's what
1: Gatland's quite good
0: and at. And in, in the Ireland, to like um, post Joe Schmidt and into Andy Farrell, there wasn't a whole heap of change at the start. It took a long time for that change to come through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the performances over the last few games, uh, Wales versus Ireland.
1: Um, yeah, so like the, the the second slide, then we're going to look at is just a kind of performance of the positions. So we've got we we split it into. We're trying to always kind of simplify the way in which the analysis goes. So we have front row, second row, back row, half back, centre back, three, and we aggregate the quality of the performances for each team. And this way, we can then see where where one team is better and one team is worse. So you can see you now for people that can't see this, basically, our, our front row and second row. There's a there's a, well, there's a slight improvement in front row between Ireland and Wales. Second row, there's a significant difference in quality between Wales and Ireland, but in the back row, it kind of uh, it, it changes. Where we have Wales slightly better than than Ireland, um, and this is where injuries come into it into play. Which is what players here are injured that would affect this. But overall, when when we look at Ireland, Ireland has better better players in five or one, two, three, four, four of the positions, while Wales only has one specific position better than Ireland. So all of the data, all of the analysis would would indicate that Ireland, if they play the way they're supposed to want to play, if they play uh, and they they hold on to the ball and they they bring it through their forwards, they will eventually crack what, what Wales are trying to do. The lines aren't wildly divergent, though. These are two fairly close teams. Um, to an untrained eye, there you go. There you go. That's me, yeah. <laughs> um, well, like uh, if you look at the second row, there's a significant difference between the two. Okay, so I- that is that's massive. So anything over point 0.1 of a difference is is right. uh, something to to take into consideration. So, um, so like the, the centres, for instance, Wales are slight are a little bit better, but that wouldn't be a massive gap. But the difference between the back three and the second row is is significant. Okay. So this it, this is just one of the graphics that we, we try to help coaches to better help them better understand the difference between one team and another.
0: Okay, uh, the other one of the big aspects that has kind of begun to explode properly is, is fantasy, and, and one of the things that uh, consumers watching will be like, how do I pick my fantasy team? Yes, uh, use use the data.
1: Well, the data, da, the data. So just to take a look at the what the way in which fantasy currently exists in rugby, you know, it's only the Six Nations is really the only game that's that's that's. You know, worth doing and that's because of the size of the competition so what we've done is we're releasing a consumer product on reactrugby.com and users can go in there and they can uh, look at who, what type of players there is in, in Six Nations so who's the best graded player You know, what type of player they are based on what they're doing but we've also given them the ability to go in and see um, who's the best performer based on fantasy over two games so we have two games of each Ireland, England, France Wales, Scotland from the, from the Autumn Nations Cup We've, it into system. We've actually taken the Ireland game from Ireland-New Zealand in the third desk because there's more players playing in that than the Ireland-Australia game. And basically all the games that we took from that, those All Nations Cup, there's all, the, the the performance difference is quite quite small. So we didn't take uh England versus Japan, for instance, we took the, the close games. Museum. Yeah, the really yeah. close games. So that has, you know, just like the Six Nations. Um, so users can go in here, um, and one thing that we've kind of tried to, to balance is is um, the average number of uh, points per per game section. So this is something new. So we, we split every game into six sections. Three first half, so start of the first half, middle way through the first half, and the end of the first half, and then same in the second half and that's based on actual game time so on average in the Automation's Nations Cup the ball and time play was 30 minutes okay and the average time on, on pitch was uh, I think it was 102 minutes
0: okay it's a lot of uh, <laughs> the, the general instinct that people have is there's a lot of scrums and this game takes a
1: long time yes that's correct oh yes yes it's bizarre it's it, and like you can try and see the World Rugby trying to bring in these new rules to try and improve the, the speed of ball and play but it, unless you're going to implement it to all levels of the sport those things don't tend to take Mm. on because it takes too much organization. Um, But basically what what we've done here is, so we've taken the total number of um, game points with the total number of uh, game sections that a particular player has played to show you the average number of game (laughs) points per game section. So the the idea here is we can show you how to build your team in fantasy based on positions. And what I would say to everybody is, is don't waste your time on spending uh, points On your scrum halves. Although in in real life, in real rugby, scrum halves are probably one of the most, maybe second most important position in in the pitch. But in fantasy, they're not going to get you many points. Now, DuPont may get you points by scoring tries, but you don't get any points for passing the ball. You only get points for tackling, carrying over certain distances and scoring tries, basically. So the data and the performance side of things do not match up to the game, the, the, the fantasy game. Yeah. So you could be a great fantasy player but not uh it mightn't be reflected in your player ratings for the match necessarily. Or the other yeah. way around. You could be a great yeah, player
0: yeah. and and not get any. Yeah, uh, and that's <laughs>
1: that's what that's what with that ReactRugby.com. You'll need your username and password. It it's the, the mobile mobile version is a little bit of work to do, but be patient with us. But we're getting there. And we're, we're gonna be releasing data to the whole six nations. In the same vein, which is trying to help people understand who's the best player based on data and analytics, and who who who's the best fantasy players based on their performance. Uh,
0: in terms of the actual performance, then, and you mentioned scrum half, yeah. show us how the, the scrum halves all compare that are playing
1: in the Six Nations. Well, th- this is actually from the Autumn Nations Cup, actually. So, um, I've talked to some pretty high-profile coaches about ruck speed and about what makes a good scrum half and uh, we just weren't getting the proper metrics. The whole rook speed thing is... Is, is there a desired. consensus? The, the, the coaches all say the same it's or similar. yeah. Because, <clears throat> well, see, the, the, peop, <clears throat> the, the rook speed thing has been taken out of context to a certain extent because... Explain we, rook speed for anybody. So just, yeah, so a couple of years ago, they wouldn't have been measuring this. So two or three years or four years ago, oh, it's four-second four rook speed. That's because they weren't measuring the time of ball placement to pass. So it wasn't... You know, they weren't measuring the time stamp correctly. So it doesn't... It, it Data
0: isn't correct. Up, up to this point, what we were measuring was um, the ball goes into the rook and how long it takes from that point to it getting away from the rook.
1: Yeah. And that... So, so what, we, what we've done is we've taken three metrics. So we take from when the ball placement is placed on the ground, so when the player stops moving, basically, to when the pass is made. But we also take when the player is available to the rook. So basically we have Jensen and Park gets the rook... We, as soon as he sets his feet, we give a timestamp. So then we can measure the distance between the ball placement and the, the passer. So this is the first um, first sheet. So here, this is all this, the players from the Autumn Nations Cup. And basically, by looking at it in this way, we can identify who's quickest to the rook. OK, so we've got the Argentinian nine. Um, Australia, Italy. So these players are getting to the rook quickest. So I think we can see Connor Murray is sixth to speed to rook. So he's getting to the rook quick, one of the top guys. um, And he's getting there, so he's getting himself into position. So this is really important to understand
0: who's getting there. So it's funny, right? So the list for for people, again, who are listening, uh, Gonzalo... Bertrano, is that how you Bertrano? <laughs> sure. He's the Argentinian uh nine and then after that it's Jay Gordon and they're getting there point four of a second, point five of a second. Uh, Jay average. Gordon, Stephen Verney, uh Facatavo of New Zealand, um, and then Connor Murray is like point fifth at point six seconds. And then after that are players who you would have traditionally thought, Oh, those guys get to the rook really fast. Mm-hmm. He's actually ahead of Gibson Park, he's ahead of Fafta Clerk, he's ahead of Aaron Smith. Um, and he's ahead of Ben Youngs as well. Yeah, so that, that's a good thing, right? You, you yes, that, that and, that's, and that's a, start, what, that's and, a
1: starting point, point. and that's what would have been measured in the past. Like it's, uh, you I don't know, it, it was just it would have been just the, the rook speed, right. so, But the rook speed is dependent on the ball placer. It's dependent on the rooks, rookers, It's dependent on other information that's not related to the scrum half. Yeah, it's what what our point was.
0: Antoine Dupont is a good <clears throat> bit back actually. Yeah, 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 on yeah. average.
1: So a lot of this uh, data as well can be could be considered as. Um, to be uh, by by purpose or you know part of strategy because Dupont will will get to the breakdown but he'll scan what's going on as he gets to the breakdown before he sets and makes his decision. So that, that, that that's indicated here. <clears throat> and but you can't have all scrum house do that. Mm. Because you, you don't want all scrum house to have to make decision <clears throat> excuse me, that the vast majority of Scrum House are, are link plays or link players that's, that's all they, they should be doing is getting to the breakdown and passing the ball to the guys outside them. But Dupont's a little bit different. He can scan after third or fourth phase. He will scan and see where those weaknesses are before he makes a decision. So that's that's... There's a reason be- behind why DuPont's a little bit slower to the breakdown. It's funny, when you when you immediately see the stat and you see arrival time of the breakdown as, as pretty fast, you think that's that's a good thing, mm. but it's what happens next. It can yeah. have a knock-on effect. Exactly. Um, so this is just in the opposition's half as well. So we, we, we're not taking into consideration... Defensive. Their, yeah, because yeah. it's just it's not worth... And that, again, that's where ours is different. We, we go in and we say, we extract out what is actually useful for a game plan rather than... You know, just the, the road yeah. speed. You know what I mean. Um, but then, so then the next slide is the most important one, which is the actual speed of pass between the ball placement and the passer. Um, and this is where you know, unfortunately, Conor Murray moves from being s- joint f- sixth, I think it was, uh, down to eighteenth or second last, where he his, you know, speed between the ball being available and actually passing the ball. Mm is significantly slower than the other players.
0: Now, it's interesting that Gibson Park is just ahead of him in that list. So, yeah. Ali Price is ahead of him, then Gibson Park is, is one ahead of him. So, Gibson Park is 16th and Conor Murray is 18th. Is there any suggestion then that that is by purpose?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could be. Could be. But, again, we, we we once we start to get more and more data in this, and you know, we should have enough by the end of the five games after Six Nations, then... It, it no longer becomes by purpose. It becomes part of actual what it is they're trying to do um, and whether or not that's that's inhibiting or improving what's happening in the game. The third thing that we kind of add to this then is speed onto ball. So when the player um, passes the ball, how fast is the player that receives the ball coming onto it? And that's the the last slide then, Excuse me. which is in the opposition's twenty two. Which uh, Conor Murray then is, is again second last he, with an average speed of three. So that means basically the players are stationary or stationary and moving onto the ball. Which you know that's it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit hard to to show on the on the the, or over the radio should I say? But what what we're trying to say is is that the the effect of the player getting to the breakdown is good. The effect of the slow ball placement has effect on the players running onto the ball. Now again it ca- can be by design. Because you know you got a nine or a ten who's trying to spread the ball in the opposition's twenty-two, but fundamentally, how you get over the game line is by players running onto the ball, making making ground after contacts, and then you know building pressure that way. So it's it's just a different way that we have found having a much more accurate way of, of uh, using the data to 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 identify who's the best team passing in the opposition twenty-two.
0: Yeah, and that final. Graph as well, DuPont is much closer to the top than he is to the bottom, so yeah. there's been a change. It's like uh, slow, slow, quick.
1: Yeah, so what happens is is if a player gets the, the breakdown and is slow to pass the ball, what happens is the players that are receiving the ball overrun the ball, so they'll they'll be expecting the ball half a second quicker, they'll take two or three seconds and then they'll have to stop, so when the pass is actually made to them, they're yeah. actually stationary. And that's, that's, that's okay if it happens once or twice, but then once that changes. So they say, okay, we'll, we want to speed up the game. The players who are already overrun the ball are now they're expecting to, yeah. to to that that same uh, situation. So they're not sure whether or not they should be coming out the ball quicker, yeah. or that they should be stationary when they're getting the ball. So having a nine that's able to give you a pass that brings you onto the ball. Is, is something that, that probably nobody else is really talking about, and it's just something that we think... Now, again, this is just a very tiny, tiny part of the data that we collect and we calculate, but it's, it's just something that, that we think can uh, can make, make coaches and, and people change their opinions of what's happening in the game. Okay.
0: Uh, explain how that would work, right? So I'm a coach in the setup, and you're showing me this. How do I fix that?
1: How do you fix that? So you... It's quite simple, like... Um, a lot of nines... Fall into this category of uh, hesitating when they get to the night, they get to the breakdown. And it's it's pretty easy for me to say because I'm an analyst, I'm not a player. You don't, you know. But I, at the end of the day, it's it, we we're trying to help players and coaches improve. This this the only purpose of this data is to help coaches and players improve. So you need to condition so, that in training. No, we we would we would take try to take because this this you could see it through Hannah Murray's um, career, you know, where he. He came along and he he was trying to be be the guy that Dupont is, which is trying to be able to change the way in which the game is played and try and help uh, control the speed of the game. Then Joe Schmidt came along and was like, no, we just want you to get in, get the ball out as quickly as possible. And that's where he went through his best period. And then all of a sudden became a threat because he wasn't thinking of carrying or making any decisions. He was just passing. The defence forgot about him. And then he was able to pick and go and score tries off it. But he's gone back into that situation where he's trying to make a decision what to do rather than just getting the ball out of there. So, and it's it happens all levels of the game, all the way up from schools, all the way up through international, where it's a very simple: just get in, and get the ball, be the connector. Don't be the game. Don't try and uh, control the game from nine. You just want to be connecting the the, the, the forwards and the backs, and that's 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 how I would. Uh, help that that nine to to improve his speed passing. Okay, unless you have a world class player like Dupont, who you decide you're going to run the game through him and then it's up to him to make those decisions. Yeah, but you you got to earn that. You got to you, you know, Dupont is a, t- different. Like he's he's an outlier. He's, yeah, and he's he's not looking to to, to get, change the game. He's just looking for specific instances. So if you wanted Scrum Scrumhouse to do that, you you would take a little bit longer getting to the breakdown. But then you, you as soon as you make a decision, and you would only do it over a certain number of phases. So you'd only do it over, say, phase four or five, until the, the opposition's um, defensive line has changed. Okay, and that's that's how you, you you change. You know, you'd be looking for those. Okay, are we after the fourth fourth phase? Is there any gaps in the breakdown? You know, what can I do to change that game? But it's 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 uh it's easier said than done, I suppose.
0: Who's going to win the Six Nations?
1: Jesus. Um, wait, <laughs> uh, France. Okay, right. <laughs> Derek, good stuff. Thanks a yeah, million. Thanks, OTB
0: AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.